You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Well, hello, though, Neverlanders! I'm back! Yay! I figure somebody might have missed me while I was upside down there for a while. It's nice to hear the original intro again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> it was a very dark place last month, but uh, we're back and we get to go right back to some sort of semblance of normalcy. If that's what you call anything we do here. <laughs> There's I, a normal? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, of course, and I am of your spider pan, Jeremy. Hello. And we've got some Neverlanders with us here because Pixie Heather's with us. Hi. And Lost Boy Eric is with us. Hey there. And so now we have three people. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, Heather's amused. Uh, and why do we have three people? Because we have a whole lot of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, and, of course, we will have to do some story time and a ride in a Disney park because I've been sitting that aside because I haven't been able to do anything in the past month because I was upside down, and so nobody got to hear any stories or anything like that or take any fun rides. So I'm making up for it this week. But first, I think we better dive into some news. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. So, okay, what's an essential thing anytime we get a new character out there, uh, out into the public by means of a movie, it's kind of important that we get to see them in the parks, right? Exactly. So guess who's in the parks now? I'm going to guess it's not Wong. No, but he might be kind of cool if they put him out there as well. I mean, somebody might want to hug Wong, right? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but Doctor Strange is out in Disney's Hollywood Studios down in Orlando. Hooray! And uh, I, there's, I, I don't know how many people. Uh, they, there was a uh, casting call that was put out. Uh, I think it was, I was here in September that they put it out. And so I'm not sure how many people they've put out there to be Doctor Strange because obviously somebody wants a day off every once in a while. But uh, the image I'm seeing here at LaughingPlace.com, uh, they have a YouTube video. Looks pretty good, this guy. It does, yeah. Yeah, certainly does. Looks like he's got everything right down. Yeah, very much the film specific costume which you know that's kind of how they do things 
Uh, it looks like there is a specific showtime, though, uh, labeled as Discover the Mystic Arts, running at 10.30, 11.30, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 3 o'clock. So, uh, apparently participants are given a Doctor Strange medallion, which, of course, has the symbol of the Sanctum... Sim- Sim- That's one of the million-dollar words. Sanctum Centorium. Sanctorum. Sanctorum. Yes, I always... That's a, I can never say that. I don't know why. It's not in English. So, but uh, yeah, you get it's got the little symbol there for the window, you know, there in New York where he is guardian and keeps the dark forces away. Which, if you've seen the film, we'll, we'll be discussing that here in a little bit later. But that's very, very cool. So you get a little medallion now. But see, I, I wonder what the medallion is. It's a limited. I guess it's a bit of a show, uh, not not your average meet and greet. Uh, but I'm wondering if it's limited because you know how many medallions are they going to have to give away? You think? Well, I guess they can keep making it. It's Disney. Yeah, I, you know, I mean that's going to get expensive. Uh, you know, depending upon what kind of metal they're using for these medallions. But I mean, it looks very, very, very cool. Uh, it pretty much looks to be like a keychain uh, type of thing. It's it's not very you know it's it's good size, but it's not like a, a medallion you're going to wear around your neck unless you put a string through it or something. But still, very, very, very cool. Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, next bit of some Disney news. Uh, if anyone, have you got a subscription to Entertainment Weekly by any chance, anybody? No, I don't. Don't you kind of wish you did now? <laughs> Maybe. Well, I, I, I don't need to know what's on the hotspot all that much anymore. But uh, Not really, yep. no. They did have a good issue this week uh, come out uh, with the introduction of several uh, pictures from the upcoming live-action Beauty and the Beast starring Emma Watson. And these are really cool photos. I mean, you get to see what Cogsworth and Lumiere and Mrs. Potts and uh, the maid. The, the, she's got a name, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. I can't. I remember think they named is. her in the in the Broadway version, um, Georgette or something. Plumette. Huh? Yeah, Plumette. Oh, Plumette. Well, they're calling her Plumette in the movie, but I'm not sure that's what they called her in the uh, the Broadway version. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time. But a very cool photo and very believable. And uh, you finally also get to see um, the Beast what he's going to look like with the full CG head going on. Uh, very, very cool. Now, uh, this also ties into, um, I, and I, I guess it might have been part of the article, where did you hear about the, the mention that they've decided that Belle is going to be the inventor of the family? Did you hear about that one? Well, that's an interesting change. Yeah, well, here here's the thing. They, the reasons behind it appear to be, from what, they, what I've been reading, is that they didn't quite understand why Belle was the outcast. They needed a reason for that and were trying to figure out what in the world she does with all her time. I could have answered that from the animated film. Uh, when she's not reading, apparently she's taking care of the chickens and maybe other things around the house. You know, they, they appear to have a small farm going on. And we do see her in the film tending the chickens, feeding animals uh, and reading a lot. And the reason why she's such an outcast is because she sits around reading all the time and they don't understand that. But I guess that wasn't good enough for live action, so we had to turn Maurice into a useless character because now he's not the inventor, so what in the world is he there for? Apparently he collects music boxes from around the world in all his travels and is overprotected of Belle and never lets her go with him as he goes and shows her these music boxes. That's lame. Well, the travel part does kind of go with a version of the of the story, the original oh, story, yeah. where he travels, and that's how he gets roped into the beast and having his daughter go and find him because he ends up like taking a rose from his garden or something like that. But he's he travels, so maybe that's they're trying to pull maybe something from the book back in by doing that. 
Well, not really the book, I mean, but the... Or the story. The, the original story. story, yeah. The original story. But yeah. he was traveling as an inventor and selling his woodchopper. But it, it seemed to make her more of an outcast that his, her father, like Maurice, seemed a little bit of an insane inventor, a little bit mad scientist. That also seemed to feed into the weird outcast of town. It, it, it doesn't work for me now. They, I, I think they've kind of kicked it a little bit. I don't... I mean, granted, when we see the film, I might be, oh, I see, that does work pretty good, but it doesn't sound like it's going to work as well. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it does work out. Uh, really, I've seen a big push recently, especially among Disney, to, uh, you know, try and focus on STEM-related uh, opportunities where um, you can offer science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, specifically uh, in roles that uh, are geared towards young women. Yeah. So I think this might be a sign or a, an example of that happening. But, you know, ultimately, we'll just have to see what happens when the movie is released. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like it when they tie things to pet projects and not serve the story. That oh, that always bugs me whenever you see that in film. I feel like they're serving some sort of cause and not helping to serve story. But that's, that's the way my brain works. It, it may work <laughs> out beautifully and we may not really notice much of a change when it all comes down to it. We'll just have to see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Disney films, uh, have you made out your Christmas list, Eric? I'm working on it right now, to be honest. Uh, I, I, actually, the Nintendo... Uh, um, the, that retro one, right? Yeah, the retro one's right there at the top <laughs> of the list. But, uh, Indeed. You know, I've, I'm taking a really close look here at a new book uh, called The Walt Disney Film Archives. Um, this is something that's being uh, put out. Basically, a very deep look into the archives of the Walt Disney Studios. Now, years ago, I picked up a book called The Disney That Never Was, and that was, you know, maybe, you know, it's a fairly light book, but uh, there's a lot in there about what could have happened to the different projects that Disney had in development. It looks like this book, The Walt Disney Film Archives, is going to uh, expand upon that a thousandfold. You know, we know that the Animation Research Library has got like 65 million pieces of art in storage. Wow. Um, so that's a lot <laughs> that they can uh, take a look from. And and this this book, the uh, the Film Archives book, it's uh, about 620 pages long, and I think it's like the first in a series of books that are going to be coming out. Yeah, they mentioned like the Tashin uh, series of books, and originally they, this one was going to be 800 to 900 pages, so there's got to be some stuff uh, left out, but uh, the author, Daniel Kothenschulte, I'm saying I said it right, but I probably didn't, uh, and he, he says this is in addition to Tashin's archive series of film books, was originally supposed to have been 800 to 900 pages, but given that we wanted this volume to be filled with lots of large illustrations that had been scanned at high resolution, well, at some point you have to start taking into consideration the size of the pages you'll be working with, as well as the weight of the paper you'll be printing your book on. And since we wanted film fans to actually be able to lift this Disney film book, <laughs> that then began limiting what we could put into this volume, which mm-hmm. says to me, volume two. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. And, well... We do know that they've got a a crack team that have been working on it. Uh, You know, Dave Smith, he was the former uh, uh, archivist there. The original archivist, Exactly. You know, um, we've got uh, Didier Guez, who's also another uh, very famous uh, animation historian. Um, They've got top-notch people that are working on this who respect the work. And, you know, I imagine that uh, what we are going to get is 
really a high quality, uh, top of the line look into the early years of the Disney Studios. Oh yeah, so this is definitely on my Christmas list. Although it's probably going to be, I'm thinking it's going to be like a hundred dollar book. I mean, this is this is coffee tables at thirteen point eight pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, I, but I'm showing think... it to Heather while we're sitting right here and saying, "Looky what you can find Intent, for me!" Right? Uh, there is a, a list here of all the different things going on at Disneyland for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The Festival of Holidays. And there's even a new World of Color Season of Light, which, might, have they maybe shown that before and they just brought it back, or is this a brand new thing? Well, this is this is new for this season. Uh, the last several years, they have had a different winter version of uh, World of Color. Um, in fact, a couple of years ago, they actually had a special uh, virtual choir that uh, sang a piece before World of Color actually began. But with this, um, it is something that's new for this year, uh, Season of Light. Uh, it's uh, going to have holiday music. It'll have Disney animation in it. And it's actually a fourth production for the World of Color series. Um, apparently, it's going to have a, a winter fantasy with magical storytelling, brilliant lights, lasers, high-definition projectors, as well as those, uh, you know, they've got a couple of fountains out there in that bay, uh, which they've, they've been known to use once or twice. Yeah, it kind of makes things really cool. And it makes it wet, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will so, probably uh, get yeah. wet. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to look forward to that. You know, my youngest daughter, though, is going to be more excited about uh, something else that's happening. Uh, Princess Elena of Avalor is going to be making her debut. Yeah, my well, daughter... she's been in the parks, but she hasn't done anything for Christmas yet, so oh, this is and, new. And not at Disneyland. She's been uh, at Disney World. Oh, so this... I thought she was in both parks. No, no. This is new at Disneyland. Well, how cool is that? And she will be sticking around post-Christmas, just in case anyone's going to panic and run there for Christmas to see her. It's like, come for Christmas, come back again for Elena, make it two trips. <laughs> you have time. Yep, yep. Um, you know, DCA is also going to uh, have a Santa Claus meet and greet at the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. That's a new location for Santa. Uh, he's traditionally been uh, located over on uh, Buena Vista Street, so this is going to be something new. Um, of course, uh, over across the Esplanade in Disneyland, we'll have Small World Holiday, uh, we'll have the Jingle Cruise coming up, and Haunted Mansion Holiday's already been up and running for a couple of months. Yeah, so, and you've gotten uh, to check it out already a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that's always a special treat. You know, I, I kind of miss having the regular mansion at Halloween time, but coming up for Christmas, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay is really great. I'm really excited to see the, uh, uh, the uh, It's a Small World back uh, with its holiday overlay. That's always a really special treat. And apparently this year, they're going to have uh, what's called Hidden Twenties. Uh, apparently some type of a version of uh, Hidden Mickey, specifically for the Small World holiday, to celebrate its 20th holiday season as It's a Small World holiday. Which is awesome. That that's probably the only way I think I could ride that that ride more than one time, mm-hmm. in one trip. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've only been on it once, and I'm like, oh, by the end of it, like, okay, well, this is this is cute and all, but this is getting old. But the, oh my goodness, I've seen video of the Christmas, and it's just fantastic. If you're a Christmas nut, you, I'm sure you could get tired of hearing them sing Jingle Bells every five seconds, but still, mm-hmm. it's it's just so cool in there at Christmas. Oh, so, oh definitely, and <laughs> it's but, you like know, being in a Rankin Bass special. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 
you know, the both both Disneyland and California Adventure are just spectacular during, you know, Christmas and the holidays. You know, you're going to have Cars Land. They've dec- they have such unique decorations just for Cars Land, and uh, even this year they're going to have a snow car. Um, well, it's something that they've had in the past as well. They've they've actually got a not a snowman, but a snow car that welcomes you <laughs> as you come uh, into, you know, uh, into Radiator Springs. Uh, yeah, Bugs and Land of course, is Bugs gonna Land is going to be decorated too, so which is important because oh, bugs yeah. get to celebrate Christmas too, mm-hmm. and everything is giant sized, mm-hmm. giant ornaments. <laughs> you know, and back in Disneyland, we're going to have the Christmas Fantasy Parade back. That's always a lot of fun. You know, uh, we're also going to get Believe in Holiday Magic uh, fireworks show back again. That's also great. Um, and we'll Snope, even have a, a snow made of soap. <laughs> so it's you called know, Snope. Yeah, you know, I just got to tell you though, there is nothing like being on Main Street and having snow fall. It might right. not be real snow, but still, you know, it's all about the illusion. It's all about the effect, and it is—it leaves it you is speechless. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I love the fact that they're going to have these giant Christmas trees. I mean, there's a 50-foot tree on Buena Vista Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe I saw somewhere that they uh, it's there's an even bigger one going to be in Disneyland Park. Oh yeah, oh even yeah, bigger than fifty feet. I mean, holy cow! I would I would love to have something like that in our living room, but it would never fit. No, it would never fit. <laughs> it would give us something for the cat to climb. <laughs> we wouldn't have a living room left. <laughs> It'd be our official Griswold tree, you know, out well, the windows. Fortunately, the trees, both the California Adventure and Disneyland, are well anchored. So uh, <laughs> yeah. any feline festivities within the fir trees, um, I just ran out of bath alliterations. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. you know, there are those uh, feral cats running around Disneyland, or the this Disney cats, as we call them. Which this are- is true. Not quite domestic, but I guess friendly enough to some guests that they might play in the tree. It's possible, but uh, you know, I don't Taking think a, that... I can imagine though. You could get you're getting your picture in front of the tree, and suddenly a cat head pops out behind you, <laughs> or a chipmunk, or a chipmunk. Sure, that would make a great photo. That hap- well, that happened to Mickey and Pluto. <laughs> they came home with a couple of chipmunks in their tree. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. Could happen to you, you know. But uh, Disneyland or the Disneyland Resort isn't the only place that's getting anything new for uh, the ho- holiday season. And downtown Disney is going to have some stuff going on. Or the hotels in Disneyland are going to have some Halloween face uh-huh. holiday festivities, twinkling lights, ornaments, holiday displays, special entertainment, holiday dining. Oh, and lots of shopping because you know they do want you to spend your money there. Oh yes, oh yes. But uh, I'm thinking about something. Uh, Maybe on the other coast. Oh, you mean like the Candlelight Processional over at Epcot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that they just announced the um, uh, presenters for the can- Candlelight mm-hmm. Processional this year. Uh, Which, for but... anyone who doesn't know, this is a, a 50-piece orchestra that they uh, they play all kinds of different Christmas music, and they, uh, they kind of go through a, a poem. Uh, which I'm, I'm sure there's a name for this poem, but it's a really cool poem. And they go through a little bit of scripture, kind of telling the Christmas story very light... Uh, for being that, you know, well, we're not, you know, really like a Christian park. We're just a regular park, but it's the Christmas story, so we're going to kind of tell More it. holiday. It's holiday. Yeah. So it's very, very cool. I've heard audio of it before, but they have a great list of celebrities, as Eric, you were saying. Mm-hmm. From November 25th to 27th, you can see Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh. Mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris will be will pick up there on November, November 28th through December the 1st. Mm-hmm. 
Then Whoopi Goldberg from December the 2nd to the 3rd. Uh, I believe she has done this a few times. Mm-hmm. Edward James Olmos uh, from December 4th to the 6th. Robbie Benson, the Beast himself, December 10th to the 12th. If we suddenly come into money and we can go down there for this, I want to go see Robbie Benson. Because okay. he's the Beast. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, wishing on some stars. Yes, I am. Uh, Christmas stars. Uh, Meredith Vieira from December the 13th through the 15th. Jim Caviezel. Come on. The man played Jesus. <laughs> I, that's another one that would be big. I would love to see him. December 16th through the 18th. Joe Morton, which I know the name, but I don't know the watch. Do you know who that is? No. No. Okay. Well, Joe Morton will be there December 19th to the 21st. Oh, and here's another good... Uh, two of them in a row that would be awesome to go see. Ming-Na Wen, oh, which yes. I've already gotten to see her. December 22nd to the 24th. For anyone who is familiar with uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she's Agent May. She's also the voice of Mulan, mm-hmm. the speaking voice. And she's really cool. I've seen her at conventions. Then, oh, another run, big one. Jody Benson. Oh! December 25th to the 27th. Ariel is there! Ah! <sighs> For Christmas. For Christmas. Yep. And then Cal Ripken Jr., which is kind of cool. Look, a baseball pitcher, you know. I think I've seen him pitch before, I think. Uh, he came and whooped the Royals all over the place, if I remember correctly. December 28th through the 30th. Uh, so there's a good reason to see this more than once, depending upon who's narrating, just because, oh, look, it's blah, you know. <laughs> I would, you know, Neil Patrick Harris might be pretty cool to see, you know, because he's just a cool guy. You, you don't think that's a little unusual? unfortunate perhaps the one who said yes it's unfortunate that neil patrick harris you didn't what what happened oh we'll talk about that later (laughs) we'll talk about that later i guess what's wrong i was about to say something happened to neil patrick harris i mean it's a roll dear did you not hear that what's a roll what series of unfortunate events oh okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i kind of skipped over that because i read the books and i'm so i'm not excited for a netflix series at all i must say Honestly, (laughs) that's a book that I felt like I was suckered into reading every single one, waiting for things to resolve. It doesn't resolve at all. But that was the intent of the author. So maybe this time they will resolve. No, they're not going to resolve it. That would go against the intent of the author. I don't think they're going to do it. That's it's it's a series of unfortunate events. And there's nothing fortunate that ever happens to these kids. So be warned if you're going to watch this Netflix series, it's going to be depressing as heck. I'm sorry I've taken us down this unfortunate path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> uh, there's another, uh, this is kind of just an oddball thing while we're talking about Orlando. Bindi Irwin, the daughter of Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, visited mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom this week. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Well, she's also now an actress and conservationist, and uh, her she's still with, dating that uh, American wakeboarder, Chandler Powell. And that cool. They've been together for years. Uh, but there's a really fun picture on the Disney Parks blog of her there with Rafiki. And it's very, very fun to watch. We kind of feel like we watched her kind of grow up, except yeah. for there's a huge gap from seeing her as a little girl on the show and then when she came back and Dancing with the Stars. So it's just, I spotted that and I thought it was kind of cool. So look, it's little Bindi. <laughs> so we like Bindi. <laughs> well, there, there is another bit of news uh, out in Orlando uh, from this week as well. And what would that one be? That's the new nighttime projection show, Once Upon a Time, uh, at the Magic Kingdom. Now, does this have anything to do with the television series, Once Upon a Time? Absolutely not. Uh, basically, Thankfully. what it is, is Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. Sorry to anyone who's a fan of that show, but I'm not. 
I keep trying to watch it. I just can't get into it. But go ahead. Well, <laughs> as as I was saying, we uh, from Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. I wonder if there's any movie tying coming up. Anyhow, Mrs. Hmm. Potts is sharing bedtime stories with Chip, and as she's sharing these stories, it takes us on a magical trip through scenes from Cinderella. From I, you might have heard of this one, Peter Pan. Uh, I. Don't know it at all. Allison? Who is that guy? Was he the guy that was in Neverland before me? I don't know. I just replaced somebody. Perhaps. I don't know. I, you know he he grew up or something. Turned into Robin Williams and, you know, passed on. But uh, it's also got uh, <laughs> scenes from Alice in Wonderland, uh, Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and other films. Uh, apparently, Woo-hoo! this uh, was inspired by one, or this particular show was inspired at one at Tokyo Disneyland. But basically what it does is it uses the projection mapping technology that they've been uh, utilizing uh, frequently here to transform Mm -hmm. Cinderella Castle with moving color as well as imagery. Which is fantastic. Uh, And, you know, also part of the, you know, projection. uh, And I forgot exactly when it was going to happen, but they did bring Elsa back to start, you know, uh, lighting the castle up into ice crystal form. Mm-hmm. So that show will be going on again every night. I remember reading it that they are going to stream Elsa lighting the castle. Now, I'm not a huge Frozen fan. I liked it. But it's still, I don't care. I would watch that. That would be kind of cool to have Elsa come out there and <laughs> let it go all over the castle. It fits. It fits. It is very, very cool to have her go out there and do that. So I, I would watch that streaming because that would be very cool. All right. Now, this is important. On November 7th, at 6.25 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time. That's when this will be streaming live, okay? Uh, they're also... The, I mean, Monday, November 7th is also when the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade is going to start, and they're going to begin the Frozen Holiday Wish Castle Lighting. Uh, this, of course, is going to have Anna and Elsa and Olaf and Kristoff. Queen Elsa will use her incredible powers to present a gift to everyone in the kingdom, transforming Cinderella Castle into a glimmering ice palace. So live stream will be on the Disney Parks blog. Once again, 625 Eastern, okay? But, uh, okay, now we can kind of jump outside of the world of Disney a little bit because you had something you wanted to get for Christmas that wasn't Disney. Yeah, um, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Funko. Yes, indeed. We have all heard of Funko by this time. They're everywhere anymore. Oh, they are. They are. Well, it looks like they're uh, mixing things up a little bit uh, because they are, this Christmas, coming out with a different type of figure, one that doesn't, uh, one that really isn't one of their cute little chibi style figures. Yeah, it's very uh, movie style this one. Oh yes, and, and you know I know that there's also been a lot of, um, uh, I believe they're called reaction figures that have uh, been released lately, which harken back to older movies. But Funko is releasing something similar to that for ET the Extraterrestrial. Yay! And this is a, a great little figure. He's got. I, I thought for a while it was actually going to light up, but it looks like it's a painted on heart glow that he has. Comes with his little flower pot. Uh, very. I, I don't know that it has much motion to it other than you can move his arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that back in the 80s there was an ET figure that you could slide his neck up to make his neck grow. Oh, yeah. And stuff. Well, and, there were so many different toys. So it's really neat to have one back out in circulation coming. Well, and, and actually, I'm a little bit wrong. It's not like one of the reaction figures. This actually is a reaction figure. Yeah. And it even the reaction logo reminds me of like the Kenner lettering. It's very, very cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, you, you, you can get E.T. as a single figure, 
Uh, but they're also going to have a package that's got uh, Elliot, E.T., as well as Gertie, and one of Gertie's dolls. Yeah, I think that would be my target one. Oh, and E.T.'s even got a little speaking smell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How cute. cute is that? Ah, that's great. Uh, but uh, yeah, Funko has also got those uh, those Dark Crystal figures, which are the, kind of the same thing. I think they're part of the reaction line as well. And those are the only other ones that I've seen from Funko that are really like movie accurate and uh, those are very, very cool. I've seen those at a Toys R Us, and that's something I really would like to get. But, you know, uh, you know funds are limited, but, oh, it's they're really cool. Well, I'm just wondering how this is going to look uh, next to uh, Star, Wars fig- Star Wars figures. I mean, we can recreate the uh, Galactic Senate. Yes, we can. <laughs> Phantom Menace. You saw E.T.'s race was there. Exactly. So now it's all connected. And, but see, now, because E.T. does, you see him, you know, floating things around the room and having some powers. E.T. was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. The Force was apparently strong with him because he was moving stuff around the room and floating stuff around. The Force, man. He had the Force. Now, I don't know why he didn't have a lightsaber, but he might have just you know, decided to leave. Well, no, he had to, his, his finger was not a lightsaber. He could heal with that. What? That's something that species. He, he didn't he have anything to botanist. hang it on. Yeah, he was naked. <laughs> yeah. You know, that might they might have been a nudist thing, but you know, he's supposed to have been a botanist in that film. So maybe he he learned the ways of the force, but decided he wanted to go on a different path and didn't. You know, became a naturist. Became more of a naturist and botanist, <laughs> and wanted to visit other planets, and got so far as to actually visit Earth where the Force apparently does exist because he was still able to tap into it to float stuff around the room. So, if any of you out there have a high midichlorian count, why have you not used your powers here on Earth? Because they exist. We On Earth, we have proven it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know how well it works, but uh, I heard that there was this uh, girl somewhere back east uh, about 30 years ago who stopped a kid from falling in midair. She got a hmm. bloody nose from it. <laughs> yeah, hmm, there was, yeah, what was it about, like 1981, 82, something like that. But, uh, you know, speaking of which, and as long as we're on the topic of Funko, uh, they are releasing pop vinyl figures uh, from uh, Stranger Things as well. Awesome. And they're actually going to have two versions of Eleven. They've got uh, two versions of, um, and now I'm blanking out, uh, of Will Byers. Um and one that coughs up little slugs uh, and one that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of Eleven, there's one that has a nosebleed and one that doesn't. Exactly. And there's even <laughs> going to be one of Barb. Of course. Is it going to be a live or dead Barb? Uh, alive, I believe. Actually, oh, uh, actually, there are three uh, variations of Eleven. There's uh, you know, shaved head, nosebleed, then there's the wig, and then there's one with her in the uh, water tank. Oh, cool. And then a couple of different versions of the Demogorgon as well. Oh, yeah. I think I saw something of a kind of almost cute-looking Funko Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cute Demogorgon? Yeah, well, Funko makes everything oh, cute. I know, but... That always makes me wonder, because Funko has done some really co- kind of neat designs, but they really remind me there was a, a, a group of toys called Mighty Mugs mm-hmm. that just vanished. But all of theirs, they really remind me of the, the Disney vinyl, of that, the style of how these characters look. And I do have quite a few of them. But they suddenly just gone off store shelves. I don't know what happened to that 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 toy line, or did the company go under? I have no idea. But now Funko has taken their place. Uh-huh. And I've, as much as I think the Funko versions are kind of fun and cute, I don't think they're as cute as the Mighty Mugs were. 
Uh, the little black beady eyes are a little weird to me, but they're still fun. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Well, they're they're all easy to collect and easy to forget how much of your discretionary income it might be going to <laughs> support right. that habit. Now, all uh, right. Um, you've seen trailers though, by this teaser thing for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Four, right? Oh yes. Yeah, we've already managed to have that pass by us here in October. In fact, I actually saw the teaser today when I went to go see Doctor Strange. But uh, Johnny Depp has something else that uh, it, it, we're, it's, we're, we're calling it a rumor, but it, it might actually be true. I mean, they're supposed to be pretty good sources over there at Hyperbole uh, with, with these films. But uh, they're saying at one point in The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, you're going to see the back of Grindelwald's head. And they're saying that that is Johnny Depp, and Johnny Depp will be playing Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts series of films. Hmm. I believe it's just going to be a trilogy. Hmm. Which, I, I figured they had to get into Grindelwald at some point, because he is mentioned, and I would love to see the fight between him and Dumbledore, because that's supposed to have been this epic duel, so that should be fantastic. Now, is it true that it's Johnny Depp? We don't know. There are some people, I guess, that got upset over it, because I, they, some people think Johnny Depp really did mistreat his wife, and I don't know anything about that, and... I'm not going to get into it because I don't know enough information. But Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow himself, could be Grindelwald. I think that's how you're supposed to say it. Grindelwald, because it has that, I don't know, flair of evil magic. Oh, I am Grindelwald. Oh, I, I believe that he was a <laughs> uh, student at um, uh, Durmstrong. Yes, Durmstrong. Where we teach the dark arts because... You need to have the dark arts to fight the dark arts, apparently. I don't know what their excuse is supposed to be, but... Yeah, they teach the dark arts over at Durmstrang. So, see, this is what you get. You end up with Grindelwald as one of your students, and he is the predecessor to Voldemort. Uh-oh, I said his name. I guess we're in trouble now. Just don't say it three times. Yeah, I guess we, if we say it three times, he might appear. But that's okay, because apparently the Force exists on Earth, and E.T. will come and save us. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Oh, my okay. goodness. Uh, well, I did see, actually, um, a really good movie. And uh, there are some really cool movie trailers, of course, that came in front of it. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. I used to want to save the world. This beautiful place. But the closer you get, the more you see the great darkness within. I learned this the hard way. A long, long time ago. What is your mission? To stop the war. What war? The war to end all wars. Weapons far deadlier than you can ever imagine. The war can be ours. Wherever you are, you are in more danger than you think. I cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Be careful, Diana. Who is this woman? She's my, um, secretary, sir. <laughs> She's a very good secretary. 
It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Although, I am not opposed to engaging in a bit of fisticuffs, should the occasion arise. Alright, so this first trailer, as you were, that you just heard, was for Wonder Woman. Now, I know she's not a Disney character. She's a, a DC character, and she's not part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, but this almost looked like Captain America the First Avenger, only set in World War I, and with an uh, Amazon woman who's coming to uh, fight the Germans. Looks actually really cool. Uh, did you see this other? No, I didn't. You didn't see this, but you saw it, Eric, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, DC has not had a good track record, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. So it's going to be interesting to see just how different the trailer is from the final product. Yeah. Um, this is encouraging, though. Yeah, yeah. My daughter saw it, and she was really excited. To know that there's a Wonder Woman movie coming out, so yeah. you know, maybe maybe there's something. Um, maybe this will be the picture that starts redeeming uh, the DC extended universe. Yeah, and maybe this will be the uh, DC film of this new genre that I'm going to watch more than one time. Because mm-hmm. although I did like uh, Suicide Squad and I did kind of like Batman versus Superman, I don't see myself watching them multiple times. This one, maybe. I mean, it looked really cool. I might be able to watch it more than once. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just because Chris Pine is cool, too. And I like that they cast him in there to be her counter. Because Chris Pine is, is fun, really. He's, I, I really like, I like him. So putting him in there, you know, I think it was a good idea. And this trailer, I think, kind of shows that Wonder Woman's going to really kick some butt and do some cool stuff. So oh, definitely. it looks cool. And, and it looks, yeah, and it looks like they've got some great uh, action set pieces coming up. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, but that wasn't the only... Uh, DC Comics related trailer that came out this week. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, uh, you know what it, it must be great to be Batman. Batman, we love you. Thank you. I'm blushing super hard under the mask. Batman. Drago. Thanks, Batman. Yeah. I can only imagine he's going home right now to party the night away, surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Hey, computer. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Master Bruce, your greatest fear is... Snakes? No. Clouds? No. It's being a part of a family again. No, now it's snake clouds because you put that idea in my head. Sir, you need to take responsibility for your life, and it starts by raising the young orphan you adopted. I thought I was being sarcastic. Hello, secret camera. We built this city. What? It's the Batcave. Oh my gosh, oh my 
my gosh, look, it's the bat sub. Don't touch that. The bat zeppelin. Don't touch that either. It's the bat kayak. No. Do I get a costume? I love it, but his pants are just a little tight. I got an idea. It's better. I can only look you in the eyes right now. Hi, Batman. No way. Come catch your greatest enemy. Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy. Then I'd say that I don't currently have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. I like to fight around. Hi, Barbara Gordon, new police commissioner. It's my dream for the police force to team up with Batman. What? Wouldn't that be better? I hate everything you just said. Gotcha. Nice. Initialized master build. Yes, we did it. Pretty cool, huh? Why did you build this thing with only one seat? Because uh, last I checked, I only had one butt. Let's go defeat the Joker. Woo! We're going on a family trip. I can wear my costume too. Well, luckily for us, you left your costume back. In... Oh, no, under your clothes. That's perfect. <laughs> Lego Batman movie. There's a new trailer for that one? I'm going to have to go watch this. Yes. Because I knew it was coming. So what all they show in this one? Well, this this uh, expands upon the story a little bit more. It's uh, basically Bruce Wayne. Uh, well, the Lego version of Batman. Bruce Wayne. Realizing that he does not have a family and he needs to surround himself with family. Uh, which comes in the form of a uh, boy that he has taken in. Whether this is actually Dick Grayson that becomes Robin, I don't think they specifically said that yet, but uh, they did reveal that uh, uh, Barbara Gordon is involved as well, so uh, it'll be interesting again to see uh, where they decide to take this. I know that Batman was one of my favorite parts of the Lego movie, and so I'm really interested to see just uh, how they expand on that with this film. I wonder if they're going to try to connect this with the Lego movie a little bit and maybe show that uh, he is connected to other Lego worlds. Uh, oh, it's definitely connected to the Lego movie. This is Will Arnett doing the voice of Batman. The same character, the same style of character. It's it's the Batman from the Lego movie. Which was hilarious as heck. Yes. <laughs> he was great. Because I'm Batman. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, I will check that one out. I can't really contribute to that one. I'll seek that out when we're done recording. <laughs> Somehow I missed that this week. Uh, but I did see a really cool trailer as I uh, went to go see Doctor Strange here today. We have traveled thousands of miles in search of a weapon more powerful than we have ever known. We came to trade. You lie. You are thieves. What was that? There are many things you have not seen. The Great Wall. It's the only barrier keeping the world safe. God. What is it they want? To feed. 
trained all their lives for this war. Let me fight with you. This is where you choose to die. Good luck with that. Stay and fight. They see you as some kind of hero. I fought for greed and gods. This is the first war I've seen. Worth fighting. Okay, now when I first heard that there was a movie called The Great Wall, dealing with China's Great Wall, I actually expected it was supposed to be uh, like a historical, you know, of course not completely accurate because Hollywood never is. You adapt. Uh, but I thought it was going to actually really be dealing with China's Great Wall uh, and the building of it. But uh, actually this turns out to be uh, Matt Damon as a crusader who uh, goes to China and decides to help against these uh, giant lizards or dragons, I guess, that they have in China, that the reason why they have the Great Wall is these giant lizards are trying to climb up to attack and want, want to eat humans. And stylistically, this looks very cool, very colorful. Uh, it's It doesn't look spot on to what you expect for armor in China. I mean, it's, it's very different what they're wearing. So it's, it kind of seems to establish itself as more fantasy than anywhere near historical. Uh, but it looked actually like a lot of fun, and it might be one of the few times I go see a Matt Damon movie, because I can't imagine, other than I think I saw the original Jason Bourne, I don't know that I've really seen a whole lot of Matt Damon movies. But this one might be cool. Have you seen this trailer? Anybody else seen this? Nope. I, I haven't seen the most recent one, but I have seen one about a month and a half, two months ago. And I, I, I'm sorry, I... I'm not getting the same vibe oh. from it. Maybe the new just, trailer will, will change your mind. I don't know. It it may. Um, unfortunately, I, I see it as here comes a, a white European coming to Asia to teach the native peoples how to defend themselves. Ah, and... Well, that's that doesn't appear to be what this trailer shows. <laughs> this trailer shows that he, he decides to join their cause and he's got to prove himself to them that he is capable of, of helping to fight these things. Because they're fighting them uh, on their own, and uh, so he comes to aid. You know, so it doesn't doesn't look like he's got to come to their rescue. It's just kind of he's joining it, and uh, he gives reason that apparently he's from the Crusades. And he and he uh, has a line in there where he talks about I have had to fight for greed or territory, and this is finally where I'm fighting for something worth fighting for because we're trying to save humanity from these monsters. So. Slightly different perspective, and hopefully maybe that, you know, the trailer is different from the teaser you saw, and it, it isn't as bad as what you saw before, and maybe maybe the movie's going to be better than what we thought, because it looked fun. I could be wrong, though, but it looked fun to me. Well, we can always hope, and uh, you know, 
until the movie's released, we really don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way it goes. We could be surprised and say, oh, this was a Matt Damon movie after all. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm no, he's, he's a fine actor. I know he's won an Oscar and stuff, but I don't, I've never really got into any of his, his films uh, so much. But, uh, but, of course, after all these trailers, I saw a really awesome movie called Doctor Strange. There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken! Oh, good! Doctor Strange. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, We harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice years of it. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Therefore, which paths you travel down, Strange? Stronger men than you have lost their way. I am death. And pain. You'll die protecting this world. I can't do this. There is no other way. I've spent so many years hearing through time. Looking for you. Uh, What's this, my mantra? It's the Wi-Fi password. We're not savages. Alrighty, now uh, we're going to discuss a little bit about the comics later on, but right now I'm just going to review the film. Uh, now I know there was some controversy in the casting of the Ancient One, where it's Tilda Swinton, uh, who Disney fans will recognize her from playing the White Witch in uh, the Chronicles of Narnia: The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which she was great and scary in that. She is really good at playing a powerful magical character, but this time she's not as mean. She's much nicer and very, very interesting character. And she was great as this character. And I know a lot of people could say, well, they've gender swapped and they've whitewashed the, a character where it should be a, an Asian man. Uh, and I, uh, I can understand that. But I'm going to just take this from the perspective of the movie that I thought she was great. I really liked her character. I liked her performance as that character. Uh, and it was very good. 
Now, of course, this gives a, a bit of the origin uh, for Dr. Stephen Vincent Strange, which we've looked up his middle name, and apparently it's possible that he was given the middle name Vincent for Vincent Price, which, and I know his original designs, he looks like Vincent Price. Uh, but this is, of course, he's a very successful and egotistical neurosurgeon that is more about taking care of himself than really to save his patients. I mean, he saves his patients, and he does, you know, and goes to great lengths, but it's more to boost his own ego. Uh, so he, he's not necessarily a very caring person, and he's a little bit closed off. He's got uh, this one female friend, uh, Christine Parker, who uh, is a nurse, uh, sometimes doctor or sometimes nurse. It's hard to tell what they're, they're, they're considering her. Uh, but she's definitely a friend, but she cares more for him than he does for her. Uh, he's kind of a jerk. He's got some problems. But it all changes when distracted driving leads to an accident, which he loses the ability to use his hands, going to seek the ancient one he now... To not give in too much, but he's going to learn the mystic arts and become a defender of Earth from dark forces, including Dormammu, which Marvel fans will know who Dormammu is. One thing you will find interesting is that you do have Mordo in there, but he is not a villain at this time. But stay for there's two different scenes during the ending credits that will give you a little bit into Doctor Strange's involvements in Thor Ragnarok and also the second Doctor Strange movie where Mordo will be a bit more involved. Uh, but this had... Uh, um, I'm always going to get his name wrong. It's like Mickelson. And he's he's in Rogue One. Oh, We've seen him playing... Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. I always kind of get his name messed up. But uh, he is playing... An, it was hard to really catch his character's name, and I'm not sure if he's from the Marvel Universe or if they developed the character, but he is this uh, other sorcerer who has decided that he is going to serve Dormammu because Dormammu will bring life to the world because death is what waits for us all, but Dormammu has promised that he's going to change that. So the basic premise of was some of the things with Doctor Strange is you have these uh, sanctorums, that are around the world, London, Hong Kong, and New York, and they protect Earth from the dark world of Dormammu, who is spreading his territory of the dark world. And, of course, so now this guy is set about to try to destroy those sanctums. And, of course, uh, Stephen Strange, you're going to find it's really his journey to going from an egotistical jerk to taking on something better than himself and learning to care about something greater than himself to become the hero that uh, we would expect him to be. And it was very well played by Benedict Cumberbatch, which is not surprising at all. We knew he was going to be awesome, and he is. He was fantastic. Uh, I think this is the first time I've heard him speak with a perfect American accent. Uh, but he was just great in this role. This was probably some of the greatest casting. Even uh, Wong has a, a pretty good casting in there. We do get to see him. I'd like to see him expanded a little bit more in the next film. But you're going to see pretty much, I think, every character you would want. Although I'm not, like I said, I don't read a lot of Doctor Strange from the Marvel comics. But it was great. Had every character I think you probably could have wanted. There's a, actually a fun cameo from Stan Lee. Uh, and actually, it's a very funny movie. There's a lot of great humor, a lot of great adventure. And it was almost like watching a kung fu movie with magic. You know, like if you see like old school kung fu movies where you know, they come out and suddenly they pop out a weapon. Imagine now they do the gestures with their hand and pop out some kind of magic and Pwah, that's their weapon. And they're wah, wah, wah. And it was cool. It was the greatest. It was awesome. So a lot of great visuals, especially considering, you know, there is a little bit of like, you know, almost hallucinogenic quality to some of the artwork 
originally of lots of colors and things, they kept that same feel. There is a lot of different splashes with multiple colors and weird areas where Strange is going to go through. Uh, just a great fun ride. Worth seeing multiple times. So much fun. I highly recommend it. Get out there. This will be your first movie from Disney for the holiday season. we got Moana coming in a couple of weeks, but until Moana comes out, you've got Doctor Strange to see multiple times. It's great. But while I went into that, Heather decided to go across the hall and see Trolls. Yep, I did. My name is Branch, and I'm a troll. Why do I live in a heavily fortified survival bunker? Because right outside my door lurks a nightmare. Named Poppy. Poppy is the leader of the trolls, and it's not her fault she's so insanely happy. She just never faced a real problem. Until now. Cupcake? Branch, we just got attacked by a Bergen. A Bergen? It took everybody. Dad! What's your plan? To rescue everyone and make it home safely. We did it! So you're going to scrapbook them to freedom? Solid burn, Branch. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, Hang baby, on. when I turn it on. Yeah. I got yeah. that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. This bump. Whoop, gear shift. Yeah, I saw Trolls. Um, I do want to see Doctor Strange, and we'll we'll see it eventually. Because I want to go again. Too. <laughs> um, but at the end of the week, I was like, you know, I just want something that's like just stupid fun. So, um, and uh, Trolls was kind of a little bit what you would expect. So lots of auto-tuned pop music and um, glitter. Oh, my gosh. Um, but uh, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Um, I actually cried twice during it. There was a couple of scenes that just kind of got me. I don't know, you know. Um, and uh, it is it is predictable. But um, if you can just go and just have fun and, and go with it, um, it actually is kind of a cute little film. Um, and the it seems like the trailers showed a lot of the beginning part. I mean, a little bit of the middle um, but you know, the kids may go in and think that, oh, this is just going to be like, you know, party time all the time. And that's the way it starts off. But then, you know, later they realize that, uh, some of the trolls that were that way realize that there's some reality that needs to come in with the partying and your more sad characters learn, you know, a little more about happiness. And so there's kind of a nice meeting in the middle by the end of it. So it was cute. Um, I can say there's a couple of like really cheesy kind of bad puns that, 
adults would get. I'm sure they threw in there for adults, but the kids won't get the references. Um, and the, the farting glitter trolls kind of bothered me a little bit. There's a <laughs> troll that runs around naked and he's all glitter and he farts glitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a minute. Like there's, yeah. yeah. That's like kid service. I think a little bit there. I, I was guess. like, oh, he's it's, it's stuff glitter. like that that I saw in the commercials and trailers that made me really not care to see this film. So like I said, it's just, it's just dumb fun. Just go and like, you know, it, it was colorful and I, you know, I left feeling a little bit better. So it was, it was just a light okay. fun movie. Just, you know, don't overanalyze it. But uh, to basically give my opinion on it, it's not Disney, so you know it's not going to be as good as a Disney animated film. Like yeah. Moana, coming in a couple of weeks. Yay! <laughs> well, I'm excited about Moana. Can't yes, I'm very it. excited. That's going to be awesome. Uh, did you get a chance to see Doctor Strange, Eric? I have not yet had the opportunity, but I'm you know working towards it. All right, you're going to love it. It's great. But uh, I think we need to hop on a little ride in the Disney Park and we'll follow that up with uh, some Neverland story time and come back and have a little discussion about Doctor Strange. Let's take a ride at a Disney Park. Let's take a ride right now. Oh, oh.
tornado has passed and our concert is ending. Stay seated until your silly symphony swing comes to a complete stop. Then lift the back bar, collect your belongings, and walk to the nearest exit. We hope you'll come swing again soon with our silly symphony. This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. that deflect bullets, Wonder Woman? Those right there on your wrists? Oh, Mitch, you're such a goofy. Wonder Woman will be embarrassed. That's all right, Sandra, Mitch. I haven't been embarrassed since I was small and I accidentally knocked the scepter out of my mother, the Queen's hand, while I was learning to throw the lasso. We join Wonder Woman, the Amazon princess, as she walks along the beach with her friend Sandra and Sandra's boyfriend, Mitch. The lasso! The magic lasso! I know all about that Amazon lasso stuff. Oh, Mitch, you were never so impressed with me. No, really. That lasso can make anyone tell the truth or do whatever you say when you put it around somebody. Right, Wonder Woman? That's what my golden lasso does, all right. Show me, would you? Try it out on me. Oh, Mitch. That's all right, Sandra. Watch out now. You're hooked, Mitch. Tell me, what's your birthday? Mmm, February the 30th? February 30th. Mitch, no one's ever been able to resist the lasso's compulsion. How did you? Maybe the metal plate on my scalp has something to do with it. A metal plate? You mean you had an accident that made it necessary to rebuild your skull? What part of your skull? Right here. Feel it? Yes, that would explain it. It's right over the portion of the frontal lobe of your cerebrum, which the lasso usually controls. That's quite remarkable. You told me a secret of yours, Mitch. I owe you a secret of mine. Secret? What kind of secret? Well, do you see this golden tiara of mine? That's magical, too. I know it's the hardest substance on Earth, but how is it magical? It's so closely linked to my being that whoever possesses it can control me as surely as I control people with my lasso. No kidding. Hey, even I didn't know... Calling for help. Those people on the beach over there. With the swiftness of Mercury, the amazing Amazon reaches the small group of distressed people as her two young friends follow behind. Wonder Woman, my little boy is out in that water, and I can't see him. We all ran out when I thought I saw a shark fin and great Athena. Calm down and wait here. With the skill and speed of a mermaid, Wonder Woman enters the realm of Neptune to search for the boat.
as on the shore, Sandra and Mitch reach the sea. What's happening? Where did Wonder Woman go? She went in after my son. She hasn't surfaced for a good ten seconds now. I wonder if she's... Will you look at that? There's some fight going on out there. A shark! A shark? Where? Oh, that's the biggest shark I've ever... It's flying through the air. Oh, she's thrown it out to sea. Miles out. Wow, woman. Look! She's carrying something back to shore. Bobby, she's found my Bobby. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Wonder Woman. Oh, oh, that yellow thing. It's... Oh, my gosh. Wonder Woman's tiara must have fallen off. Here, I'll give it back to her. Give it back nothing? This is the chance of a lifetime. Mitch, you wouldn't. Wanna bet? Wonder Woman, fine job of mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation you gave that kid. Yes, Mitch, I... My tiara, you... Now, how about a little resuscitation of my wallet, eh? There's small amounts of gold dissolved in all seawater. How about extracting, say, an ounce for me? Mitch, you wouldn't. I will obey, Master, of course. As if possessed of a power greater than her own, the Amazon dives back into the sea to churn up hundreds of gallons into her water spout, which Wonder Woman whips against the shoreline over a deposit of granite rocks and lime shells. Even as the water falls toward the deposit, Wonder Woman races the wave to the ground and superheats the rock and lime by the friction of rubbing her hand against the surfaces. So that as the water touches the rock, it quickly evaporates away, leaving only the glistening gold dust. Wow! Now that's what I call a get-rich-quick scheme. I'm ashamed of you, Mitch. You give that tiara back to Wonder Woman this minute or I'll... Yo, what, chick? You can't do a thing, because next... I'm sending Wonder Woman to dig me up the biggest uncut diamond in the world. We Amazons know the location of that gem. It's at the bottom of a certain quarry in Africa. It will take some time to get it for you. I've got all the time in the world. I can use 40 wings. But as Wonder Woman pilots her robot plane out to the heart of Africa, and Mitch falls asleep on the beach, I don't know whatever could have gotten into Mitch, but I'll put an end to it by taking the tiara. That sound. Wonder Woman's been gone only about an hour. Could she be back already? Sandra, what are you doing with my tiara? I got it away from Mitch for you. See? He fell asleep and... Give me that. Right away. Sure, Wonder Woman. I got it for you. What are you doing? Throwing it back at Mitch? Don't tell him you took it when he wakes up. That business about the holder of the tiara making me do whatever they want isn't true. I made it up. Made it up? Why? Because... Because I'm madly in love with Mitch and I want to impress him. You? Mitch, wake up. Look what I've got. Wow. Wonder Woman. What a diamond. It's got to be as big as a grapefruit. That ties it. Now I know I can trust you. Look, there's this secret cove I'd like you to meet me at in about an hour. 
Anything you say, Master. Where is it? But an hour later, someone else finds Mitch at the hideout in the secret cove before our heroine does. Is that you, Mitch? Sandy, I told you never to come here. If they find out I told you about this place, you wouldn't be... I had to tell you something about Wonder Woman. The tiara trick isn't real. She just told you that to... She what? Well, I'll have the last laugh on her. You get out of here, Sandy. Scram! I didn't even finish the story, and he slammed the wooden gate on me. I don't know what's with him lately. Uh-oh. That's Wonder Woman coming. I better be out of sight. Mitch, where are you, Master? The other side of the gate, Wonder Woman! Mitch, who are these three men in these cages here? And these other two guarding them? My friends are guarding those three scientists who have been missing for a week or so. The ones working on the secret rocket fuel formula. And you are handcuffed. I won't be needing this tiara anymore. I'll just heave it out into the water. You tricked me. You knew I was on to you. How? That I did, and never mind how. But I'm also up on my Amazon lore, and I know that if you're shackled by a man the way you are now, you're helpless. I can't lift a finger against you, or your henchmen, or whoever they are. But we can lift your magic lasso. Take it, Bart. Give me that. Here it is, Mitch. Thanks. Now I suppose you've guessed why I want this. To get the formula out of those three scientists. The magic lasso is lots more dependable than torture, is that it? You catch on fast, lady. Listen, if you don't mind, I'll leave you here by the cove entrance while the rest of us go inside and take notes. High tide is coming in, and people who get caught short have a habit of drowning when the waves get up here. Wouldn't want that to happen to our three geniuses, would you? You're all heart, Mitch. Psst. What? What was that? Psst. Wonder Woman, it's me, Sandra. Is it all clear? Sandra, you'd better get out of here before you drown. The tide will soon cover these rocks. <sighs> Not until I give you this. I swam out and retrieved it when Mitch threw it away. My tiara. Thank Hera. It's the hardest substance known. I remembered that. It'll cut through those handcuffs and free you. And meanwhile, several hundred feet inside the hideout. Three measures of bauxite quartz dissolved in a refined muriatic solution. Go on, Professor. The rest of the formula. We've got all the time in the world now. You'll have even more time than you think where you're going. Amazon, your guns into her. She's moving her arms as fast as the bullets themselves. So they ricochet off her bracelets. Let's get out of here. <laughs> We are now, thanks to you, Wonder Woman. As the tide goes out, Mitch and his henchmen are delivered to the authorities, and the dust of this adventure settles, and the Amazon princess again finds herself walking along the beach with a young friend. So I had to tell you I was trying to steal Mitch away from you, Sandra, to protect you. You see, 
I had been investigating the spy ring who had kidnapped the scientists, and I already knew about Mitch. I'm sorry too, Wonder Woman. By telling him you were tricking him, I almost blew it for the scientists and you as well. Men have a habit of doing funny things to the minds of women, as women do to men. We can only hope to grow wiser from each experience and try never to stop growing. Go in peace, my sister. Okay, now, I, uh, I never have actually read a, an actual Doctor Strange comic, uh, so I can't really get into a whole lot of detail, and I had to actually do a little bit of research. Uh, how about you, Erica? Are you uh, kind of a, a half fan, or have you done any research on Doctor Strange, or what? Well, as I'm sure I've mentioned uh, in the past, I am undergoing a project where I'm trying to read the entire Marvel Comics history. And right now, I think I'm somewhere in 1983. So I've had uh, plenty of time to uh, get familiar with uh, Stephen Strange. Uh, his origin, you know, sounds like the movie pretty much touched on everything. Mm -hmm. uh, they did know, the make a points. change, though. Because uh, in the comics... Uh, when Stephen Strange first shows up to the Ancient One, the Ancient One actually refuses to heal his hands or teach him anything because of his arrogance and his ego. He says, oh, well, okay, you're, yeah, I, I don't see this basic goodness that I need from you. But then at some point, Mordo makes an attempt on the Ancient One's life, and Doctor Strange comes to help. And so the Ancient One decides, okay, you are a pretty good person, and so I will teach you. Uh, they did not do that in the film, so if you're expecting that, it's not really going to happen that way. Although they did have in the film where the Ancient One does at first refuse to teach Stephen Strange anything. Uh, but they, he does manage to prove himself, I guess, in some degree. But they don't do it with Mordo, which was kind of surprised me. But Sequel. 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 <laughs> uh, sequel. Well, uh, we... We won't have the Mordo making attempt on the Ancient One's life, though, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I won't say why, because I'm, I'm not going to get into too far. <laughs> well, uh, we do know that, uh, as was uh, evidenced in the movie, that one of his greatest enemies is Dormammu. Oh, yes. Uh, in the Dark Dimensions. Uh, also, from the Dark Dimensions, he met uh, one of the long-lasting loves of his life, Clea, uh, who worked with him as an apprentice for several years. Uh, Doctor Strange was a member of Marvel's Illuminati, mm -hmm. the secret uh, group of uh, comprised of Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Reed Richards, Namor, mm -hmm. um, T'Challa, right, and, and uh, Professor X yep. to kind of anticipate and thwart um, you know issues that would uh, rise up and affect the Marvel yeah. universe. Tony Stark, he ever also, the futurist, <laughs> exactly. He also was. Uh, one of the creators of the defenders yes um, now we know that there's a netflix series coming up uh which really aside from the name doesn't have too much to do with the uh defenders of the comic books this was a group that was uh actually probably better known as a non-group or a non-team but uh, it was founded by dr strange with the hulk uh and namor uh nighthawk from uh the squadron supreme was a member of the team uh, Patsy Walker Hellcat was a member of the team. Valkyrie, um, I'm trying to remember uh, who else. It, there was a, a kind of a 
big changing of the guard quite often in that book, but Doctor Strange was one of the main um, central figures of the Defenders for many years. Um, he His powers are pretty much off the scale, or they were up until about a decade ago. Uh, he actually stepped down from the title of Sorcerer Supreme for a time, gave that to uh, another character by the name of Dr. Voodoo. Hmm. Um, but uh, he recent uh, a few years ago, he did pick that title back up. Uh, the most recent storyline going on in the Doctor Strange comics has been the End of Magic, in which a uh, technological group uh, did all that they could across all of the different uh, dimensions to destroy every ounce of magic. And it took everything that Doctor Strange had to fight them off and to stop that... Uh, uh, to, to, well, keep all magic from being lost on the Earth. And there's a little bit left, and it's slowly regrowing, but uh, he's, he's at a point now in the comics where he's at a much more vulnerable state than he's ever been uh, for much of his publication history. Wow. So I, I need to check this out. And uh, Dale Wentland from the DCAS has told me I need to pick up these these new Dr. Strange books because they're very, very humorous. Uh, and any time oh, I, yes. I've seen with Dr. Strange, even the comics, there is a, a sense of humor. Uh, although it seems like he kind of half tolerates Spider-Man's brand of humor. <laughs> but I have well, seen him cross what? over Spider-Man. It was really fun. He, he has crossed over a few times recently with Tony Stark. Uh, and Tony Stark has his own little name for their team-ups. Awesome facial hair bros. <laughs> yes, and I've seen some comic frame things where he's trying to high-five Doctor Strange. Awesome facial hair bros! And Doctor Strange is like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I really, I really need to read some of this stuff because I, I feel like I'm missing out. But... It's hard to keep up on everything, especially when you're on a budget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing about this is that did you know that Doctor Strange was actually created by Steve Ditko? Yes, I did. Which and, is very uh, cool. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how and, much of an idea he had. I mean, Steve Ditko was primarily an artist. Uh, and he's the one who gave Spider-Man his distinct design. Uh, but it was given to writer Stan Lee to write the character. And I don't know if they kind of collaborated to come up with some of the backstory later, which um, they actually, they, he popped up in Strange Tales, number 111 in 1963, and then had a few other appearances, mm -hmm. like, or I guess 110 through 111, and then in 114, and then had eventually had an origin story in issues 115. Uh, and then on right. and off has had his own series back and forth. Exactly. And uh, much of the, the visual language of the world's that Doctor Strange goes into was really defined by Steve Ditko. Yeah, that very psychedelic and colorful look, which they did bring about in the movie, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So do not go in if you're you're in any fashion impaired, because you might just completely trip out. <laughs> by the way. Go to the IMAX 3D version. There you go. Go to the IMAX, you know, impair yourself and go to the IMAX 3D and then have nightmares through the entire movie. <laughs> you will think Dormammu is coming for you by the end. <laughs> now, uh, some of his other uh, enemies, uh, and hopefully we'll see them in sequels, are uh, Nightmare. Which I'm, I think I'm vaguely familiar with Nightmare. I think I've mm. seen him uh, more associated with Ghost Rider, though. Am I thinking right? Uh, yeah, he's been associated with Nightmare, but or with Ghost Rider, but really he is a Doctor Strange villain. Um, 
and actually Nightmare worked with Baron Mordo uh, in one of those first uh, initial issues. I wonder uh, then if they'll bring him in the sequel. Yeah, it's a very good be, possibility. That could be how we see Baron Mordo or more of Mordo. Yeah, because oh yeah, we'll definitely be seeing him again, and he was very well played by the actor that uh, I couldn't quite pronounce his name when I saw it in the credits. <laughs> Chuatel Ijafor. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he looks so familiar, like I'd seen him before, but I, I couldn't quite oh, place he's, him. He's in Serenity. Okay. Well, there we go. But he, oh, he was very, very good, and I think he's going to make a great uh, villain as uh, the story of him of Mordo progresses, mm-hmm. and hopefully that we will see the nightmare. And I actually am hoping to hear something about the Vashanti. Mm-hmm. Which I know, you know, he, he I mean, you, you, you're familiar with the Eye of Agamotto. I mean, he's got two major magical relics, the Eye of Agamotto and a, and a Cloak of Levitation that he's mm-hmm. m- more familiar with. But I remember, uh, you know, he does always speak of the Vashanti and stuff like that. And I guess in the 90s, uh, uh, there was apparently a war going on and he refused to fight this war on behalf of the Vashanti. Uh, but but somehow the, these are mystical entities and they do empower a lot of his spells. Oh yeah, I, they're they're a trinity of godly beings that uh, are comprised of Agamotto, Hoggoth. Of course, we've heard of the hoary hosts of Hoggoth, as well as <laughs> Oshter. Hmm. Uh, although, even on rare occasions, he's called upon the power of uh, Dormammu as well, which is a big theme actually in the film. But I'm not going to say why. <laughs> but yes, there is you know trying to call upon the power of Dormammu, which. Don't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't do it. Dormammu bad. Dormammu very bad. But I, I think even Doctor Strange at some point has come into conflict with, uh, um, and I cannot think of it. The name just went right out of my head there. But he's pretty much almost like the devil in Marvel Universe. Oh, Mephisto. Mephisto, yes. Which is one yes. of the weirdest Spider-Man stories ever where they make a deal with Mephisto for Aunt May's life and then suddenly him and Mary Jane were never married because of a deal with Mephisto. And But Doctor Strange has had to do battle with him a few times also. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any of that weird spiritual type of thing, he's fought with Dracula. The Marvel Dracula, of course, you know, that. Mm-hmm. A little bit outside. But uh, a lot of those weird type of things he has to deal with. Oh, definitely. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely an interesting character mm-hmm. with a, a, a wide background. And, again, uh, at one point, he probably was the most powerful uh, character within the Marvel Universe, even surpassing Galactus. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> but the only major story that I really know him from, uh, from, well, I mean, I knew of him before, but the major story I have with him involved was an Amazing Spider-Man, and I should have should have probably dug out the issues. Uh, but there was this villain named Shade that Spider-Man came up against, and the only way he could fight him was to go into the astral plane. So he went to Doctor Strange for some help. And so Doctor Strange released Spider-Man from his physical form and told him to stay on the path to straight to Shade and do not veer from the path. Uh, now, in the process of this, this was when uh, this is before Civil War and all that uh, and, and the, the whole separation that they never were married. But. Uh, Mary Mary Jane had separated from him and had went to Hollywood to further her acting career, and they were kind of on the outs a little bit and trying to build a relationship. But she was going to be in New York briefly on a layover of the airplane, or airplane at the airport, uh, and Peter was supposed to meet her there. And when fighting the shade, he runs late, 
And so he diverts from the path that he was supposed to stay on that Doctor Strange told him about to try to go and meet Mary Jane at the airport. But he's in an astral form and it's it's so sad because he's like, Mary Jane, I'm here. But she can't sense him, can't see him, can't hear him or anything. Uh, and so you know, he does eventually get back to his body. And there is a really funny scene. And you will see this actually if you go to news.neverlandpodcast.com. It's my re- most recent blog post at the time of this recording. Uh, there is a fun frame I found where... Um, Doctor Strange is talking to Spider-Man, and it's like you'd strayed from the path a little bit. I can see you're a bit obsessed, and they're in an astral plane where all Peter can see in his mind is Mary Jane's on everybody. Everybody is Mary Jane. <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny, because Doctor Strange is like, yeah, obsessed much? You know? Uh, but it does lead into a very funny story. Uh, this is at the time where Aunt May has learned that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But they fly to Hollywood to try to find Mary Jane and exp- try to explain to her, look, I was there. I was astral. And uh, Mary Jean does make a comment, oh, you're astral? That's almost the word I was looking for. So it's very, very funny. And I find out that she's working in a film called Lobster Man, uh, (laughs) where she's playing the uh, love interest of a superhero. Imagine that. So it's a very funny story. It's back when J. Michael Straczynski was writing Spider-Man, and he was, I think, is one of the finest writers ever to write a Spider-Man story. I loved everything he wrote. Uh, he invented a lot of new characters. Oh, it's a great run back from, uh, I guess, um, early to mid-2000s. Really good stuff. Go and check it out if you've never read it. I'm sure just avoid anything it. with the uh, Gwen Stacy. Uh... Uh, well, yeah. I don't. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that was a, a separate book. That wasn't J. Michael Straczynski's writing. I oh, that, that, that was his writing. That was some past. of his? Yeah. Because I know they, they carried the story over on another book. But yeah, there was something kind of weird they did that maybe was not a good idea. It was very compelling, but it was maybe not a good idea to do a bit of um, uh, retconning uh, and adding an element to the Gwen Stacy's mythos that really didn't need to be added. Uh, although, like I said, it was very compelling reading, but I it's it's a lot of what Dan Slott writes. So he, Dan Slott can write some very good stories, but I don't like what he does to the character. And so I have stopped reading uh for the duration of Peter Parker's wealth and business owning that just doesn't fit the way he should be. But yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'll continue enjoying it. Go right ahead. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess that pretty much sums up a lot of what we can say about this. We really kind of need to wrap the show up here. Uh, so, but uh, that's, that's everything at least a big chunk of what we know about Dr. Strange. Uh, I really kind of wish I had read more. I, I think I am going to try to track down some uh, reprints of, you know, some of his more recent exploits, because apparently it's very good and it's very funny. Mm-hmm. So it's on oh, my list. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, certainly I, I think, you know, having a movie uh, on the horizon has helped to elevate his presence within the Marvel Universe lately. He had a big role in the recent um, uh, Secret Wars Mm-hmm. series that was out uh, last summer and uh, again uh, his new series or his current series started out with this uh, war involving technology and magic and it's been really great yeah and uh, oh I should at least mention there's been some really fun uh, appearances speaking of Spider-Man uh, of Doctor Strange uh, back in Spider-Man and his amazing friends and this episode seven little superheroes which I've seen mm-hmm. where where he does make an appearance in there with a lot of other characters uh, he had a cameo briefly in the X-Men animated series where you see him in, in part three of the Dark Phoenix saga when the when uh, the Phoenix entity really kind of boom you know gets becomes powerful you see kind of Doctor Strange turn around like he senses it uh also the uh, spider-man animated series there was a really cool episode where mary jane was actually falling under 
uh, Baron Mordo had a cult, and he was trying to bring Dormammu back and retrieve the Wand of Watum, and uh, Spider-Man and Doctor Strange actually had to team up in that one. Uh, there's, a, there's a few other different appearances in Ultimate Spider-Man and Incredible Hulk, Cult Tyrone, and Superhero Squad. Uh, so he's been popping up, and I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we don't see a more animated form of Doctor Strange coming to Disney XD. Uh, once this movie, you know, the popularity grows and grows, and uh, this, I mean, this is going to be a blockbuster hit. So I would oh, not yeah. be surprised if we don't see a Doctor Strange animated series, which I would be excited to watch. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.